At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The biggest games of the football season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, try a new multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It is a Madden Monday podcast. Tim Benz with you. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Coming at you a little bit later because Mark Madden is in Vegas for the Madden Monday podcast this week. And frankly, they only needed 26 minutes to the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Steelers by a final score of 42-21. to 21. All those points thrown together in about two quarters worth of play. Mark, I thought there was a formula for the Steelers to win. They would never get there, but if they were going to do it, it would be by forcing turnovers, T.J. Watt having a big day, and they'd have to score on defense or special teams. They did all that, but the offense was so putrid, they got knocked out of the playoffs anyway and easily by the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, yeah, but the defense stinks, too. I mean, not not stinks. They allowed a touchdown on six consecutive possessions at one point, and that's after last year against Cleveland allowing a touchdown on seven consecutive possessions. My point is, no one on the Steelers is blameless. I know in the wake of losing, there's a great outcry on Twitter to fire Keith Butler and to fire Matt Canada, the two coordinators. Coaching couldn't have saved that game. Coaching couldn't have saved that season. It's just a really bad football team who somehow, and I guess you have to give them some small degree of credit, who somehow overachieved and made the playoffs by beating a bunch of bad teams and beating the occasional good team having a bad day. But a statement I've made frequently all season, in particular toward the end of the season, it still applies to him. They never beat a good team playing a good game. They always had some kind of break, whether inferior opposition or decent opposition playing poorly. And I think what does get a spotlight on the coaches is how poorly they perform in the first half of games. They go into the offseason, Mark, having gone to halftime or at some point in the second half at least, trailing in the second half in 11 of 12 games to wrap up the season. And most of those trailing deficits all occurred early in games before halftime. And 
That was again the case today, where at least they looked somewhat prepared on defense for the first four or five series. But my God, when TJ Watt scored on defense, it's like the Chiefs woke up and then they got mad. But again, I don't think coaching makes that offense better. I think a better offensive line makes that offense <laughs> better. I think a deeper situation at running back makes that offense better. I think receivers who drop a lot less balls make that offense better. And I don't think Matt Canada is a good coordinator by any means. I just don't think he was the scapegoat. And uh, it needs to be said, Ben wasn't real good in his final NFL game. He had been doing a lot with smoke and mirrors over the last couple of weeks. And that is to his credit. He did a lot with guile and will. But again, against a good football team, it just wasn't nearly enough. To your point earlier about how they overachieved, I would say they overachieved by a game. Like, I had them 8-8-1 to start the year. They were 9-8-1. I thought they'd be the last team eliminated from the playoffs. They were the last team to get in with a great degree of help. So I think in the long run, Mark, they kind of were what I expected them to be. But I also expected that there'd be some residue going into the next season to buffer the quarterback change. And boy, I don't have that feeling whatsoever right now. Well, unless they, you know, spend their cap money perfectly and make draft picks perfectly. But yeah, I agree. I I think it's going to be a sub 500 team next year, but I thought that this year, Uh, I predicted they'd be eight, nine. They overachieved from that slightly. When I say overachieve, I mean, I just didn't expect them to make the playoffs. And for them to do that, although it, it did them no good, but for them to do that, I mean, that is a slight yet yet pretty significant overachieving. I mean, you always want to make the playoffs until you get beat 42 to 21. I heard it in your voice, Mark. I heard your show, a lot of it on Friday. I was on your show on Friday. We talked about it a little bit. I can empathize. The feeling all week in Pittsburgh of, well, it could be 1989 again, or it can be like what happened to the Steelers in 94. They could pull off that upset. It could be like 2005 and Bettis going to the Detroit Super Bowl. Ben can do the same thing. Well, no, it wasn't going to be that. It was never going to be that. And the vilification of people who want to tell Pittsburgh what the truth is about this team, I think some of the fan base had this coming. They deserved to see what they saw last night if they weren't willing to look at what was on paper with this roster. Yeah, and the the hometown Stooge media and them trying to sell that the Steelers could win was just shameful. It was the worst sort of pandering. The fans buying into it, that I get. I don't begrudge because fans are fans. But the Steelers were never going to win this game. They were never going to hang in this game. They actually hung in it in as fluky fashion as possible for longer than I thought until Kansas City got that touchdown at the very end of the first half to make it 21-7. The game was somewhat, I would not say up for grabs, but it was at least slightly in dot. In fact, if the Steelers had gone into halftime at 14-7, I think they could have made a game of it at least through the third quarter. But the floodgates really opened at 21-7 because I think the Steelers knew in their hearts that they weren't going to get more than 21 points. And they were lucky to get that because the Chiefs really started trading points for time in the second half they sure did and you know i heard chris collinsworth a a dick lebeau philosophy by the way right points for time and i heard chris collinsworth talk about it why don't they do this all the time and it was talked about already on local radio here in the morning they should just let big ben be at the controls and do his thing well you know what i mean how the defense is playing in the second half of these games has played a large role into the numbers that roethlisberger has put up 
in the second half and what the offense can do, sometimes almost to the detriment of teams blowing gigantic leads like the Chargers and Vikings in the middle part of the season. So let's not confuse that Ben has all this left in the tank. He is obviously going out as he should uh, in the sense that there's just there's nothing left. I mean, the retirement has to be the only option for him. Well, yeah, and he's not going to change his mind, especially after that game. Uh, he just doesn't look the part. The numbers aren't there, but the arm just kind of flaps. It hangs at his side. His mobility is gone. I mean, this is stuff we've talked about all year that we put on the back burner because he pulled a few miracles out of his pocket in the last couple of weeks prior to the Kansas City game. But, but, but to make very clear, this Steelers game against Kansas City enabled us one last chance to see the Steelers as they are. And I bet a lot of people still don't believe it. To see Ben as he is. Uh, there's this preponderance of belief, I guess with any hometown group of fans, but Pitt, Pittsburgh Steelers fans in particular, that there's always a way to make up the gap. That you can coach them up, you can you know do this, come up with some sort of strategy, do that. But if the Chiefs and Steelers played 10 times, the Chiefs would win all 10. And most of the games would be lopsided like the two times they played this year were. Mark, do you think Juju Smith-Schuster is going into politics now after his post-game address? Four more years. Four more years. <laughs> I don't see the Steelers signing Juju Smith-Schuster to a four-year contract. I bet they sign him. They are suckers for him and he for they. He has the town buffaloed and he could not go anyplace else and have a better situation. Now, I'm not suggesting that they give him four years. That would be ridiculous. I'm not even suggesting that signing him would be the right move, but I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I think if he goes out, he goes out with a drop. And, you know, I appreciate him trying to come back and play in this game, but he was hampered. Najee Harris was hampered. You know, I was told on the pregame show and a couple other outlets that I was making too much about his injury. I don't think it's coincidental that he fumbles – uh, in his first for the first time in his NFL career, geez, and you know had a bad game as he was hunting and pecking to try to figure out how to stiff arm and fight his way through holes. That was not the Najee Harris we had seen throughout the course of this season. He did his best. It wasn't much. Uh, of all the Steelers who looked bad in this game, he maybe has the excuse because of the injury. What do you see them doing? with Canada do you think they fire him or do you think they keep him and try to give him a quarterback to work with that can move a little bit well the quarterback's going to be Mason Rudolph uh if they think Matt Canada is a better match for Mason Rudolph than he was for Ben Roethlisberger see I think Canada's an amateur I think you look at his background there's no way he should be the offensive coordinator for a above the line franchise in the National Football League let alone uh one with a Hall of Fame quarterback even a Hall of Fame quarterback in clear decline but uh, that said, his style, his method, didn't have much of a chance with Ben, as Ben is now. So if you want to say it would be fair to give him a shot with Rudolph, then, yeah, maybe that's fair. I just don't care about fair, and I would get somebody better. Mark, it's all at the feet of Mike Tomlin now. I think people for many years who have wanted to defend Tomlin at all ends have said, well, the talent's not there. That's on Colbert. Well, He's all about his quarterback, and the quarterback isn't going anywhere, and a lot of the playoff losses and December fades, that's been on Ben. Well, Ben's not there anymore. Uh, there's nobody to defray the blame at this point besides Tomlin, especially if Butler's out and they do change coordinators again. 
this is Olin Tomlin. It's going to be at his feet, especially after uh, Kevin Colbert retires. It's been at his feet sometime prior to Kevin deciding to quit. Uh, he has final say on personnel decisions. He goes off the board literally to make draft picks like Artie Burns. It's all on Tomlin. But, but again, if, if there's blame to be placed on the head coach, it's for roster assembly and not the coaching job he did. He actually got a decent season out of a pretty bad group, uh, but, but the team he put together. To, to, I keep coming back to the offensive line. To put a 39-year-old quarterback with no mobility behind that line and think of Mike Wart is absurd. What do you think of the Chiefs going with trickery on the throw to the offensive lineman, Kelsey throwing the ball from the tight end position? Some people are bent out of shape about that this morning, Mark. I think it was them throwing stuff on tape to keep the Bills guessing. I don't think it was a dumb move at all by Andy Reid. If the Steelers had to be the Washington Generals to their Globetrotters, so be it. Whenever I coached hockey, Tim, I used to say to my kids after we got beat bad, which rarely happened because I was a brilliant coach. Mm -hmm. But I would say, if you don't want to get beat bad, don't suck. Right. Yes. And that's what happened to the Steelers. They sucked. I mean, the only thing I thought was out of line was when Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns the, the all-time great left tackle uh, chided the Steelers on Twitter about their playoff participation trophy. I don't think he ever played a playoff game, did he? No, he never got one of those. He never even had the participation trophy, as uh, Brett Kiesel pointed out back to him on Twitter, which was a nice volley to the serve from Brett Kiesel. Well, then F Joe Thomas. He actually added on to that, Mark. I don't know if you saw this, the tweet that he followed up. He said, next year you're going to have Mason Rudolph, and you'll be lucky to have five wins. Uh, he might be closer to accurate on that. Uh, it's not like he was inaccurate about the Steelers' participation trophy either. It was just layered with irony for the reasons you pointed out with him never even playing in a playoff game. Actually, everything he said was right. He's just not the guy to say it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the messenger has to be part of what the message is there, and I think that's why it's getting the attention that it is today. Uh, speaking of messages and guys that sent them, Deontay Johnson sure was squawking after he didn't make the Pro Bowl and he had a fast, hard fade to 2021-22. He was garbage down the stretch and started dropping balls all over the place again. Yeah, and that doesn't bode well for his long-term big-money contract. I don't think. I think he'll get it. I think that might knock a few million off. But, yeah, he was extremely disappointing. Claypool actually played better down the stretch than he had during the season, but then again, he set the bar so low. You would have to think that up. Uh, it's just not a very good receiving core. Despite Juju coming back in his role as real-life Rambo, I thought when he made the first catch, they should have stopped the game and awarded it to the Steelers. I want to look at that and say, oh, it was just done for the emotional input of it all, but was it even that? I mean, honestly, they, they needed the help at wide receiver. I could see the tactical reasons, but was it even an emotional? I mean, and, and if it was supposed to be that, it didn't carry over because – the offense was just putrid. Mark, it was like 12 and out to start the first four drives. I think they had one first down in the first four series. I think that they let Juju do whatever he wants that he wanted to play. I really do think it's about that simple. I don't think there was any grand design whatsoever. Mark, what would you think of what you saw in the rest of the National Football League? Um, I think what we saw more than anything else, quarterbacking, quarterbacking, quarterbacking. The best quarterbacks played fantastic for the most part. Um, and, you know, maybe the one differential was the San Francisco-Dallas game where uh, that was an upset. But actually, that's an upset I saw coming. I called that one, too. I did, too. Um, I just think the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are both incredibly overrated. 
and I think their GM is a crackpot who has too long indulged his hobby as a football personnel guy. It's just a rich guy's plaything at this point, and they have money to throw around. They always have some good personnel, but it's just it's just a stink sandwich down there. And you know they haven't been in a Super Bowl since they beat the Steelers in 1995, actually 96 to 95 season. Yep. And uh, every time somebody half decent goes to the Cowboys, like Dak Prescott, he gets overrated because it's America's team. But he's he's an average quarterback, slightly above average at best. Mark, you're in Vegas taking in the uh, Penguins versus Golden Knights game tonight. How will you be I doing am. so? Sweet tickets. What are you doing? Uh, no, I'm in press box. Okay, press box. All right. Free. <laughs> That's the way to go. If it's free, it's me. That's correct. What do you make of the matchup tonight? Penguins got a win last time out against San Jose. The Well, the Knights haven't played down in a while, right? Because they had two more games postponed. They were fantastic in December and kind of been stumbling a bit in January. How have you felt about the Penguins uh, coming into this game, and what do you think about them playing the Golden Knights tonight? Well, I thought they kind of stole the win at San Jose. That Deming played very well in goal in his debut as a Penguin. Uh, a lot of people are saying that makes him the backup because Casey DeSmith's been so bad. Casey DeSmith has also played the occasional good game. I think you have to back up on christening Deming, the number two at this point. Sid made just such a Sid play with the skates at two and ten to to win the game to to, to shield off Brent Burns and feed the puck to Gensel in overtime. So that was a bit of a smash and grab job. But I think the Penguins overall have played pretty well. They're three and two on the road trip. They had that ten game win streak not long ago. I just want to see him start to make up more ground in the standings and and get out of fourth place, get out of that wild card, and get to second or third where. You know, I just want to stay in the conf- in the division, the Metro division, for the entirety of the first two rounds. And of course, if you get a wild card, you could cross over for the first round. And I don't, I don't think they want that. I don't think they want to play Florida or Tampa, whereas New York, um, the Capitals, or even Carolina, who are good but not quite as good as I thought, those are winnable series, very winnable. You mentioned the nice play that Sid made. He's not scoring. Is that strictly related to the wrist residue from that? I don't know. I mean, the only thing that makes me think it could be the wrist is he's passing shots up. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe the accuracy on the shots that he's taking, too, perhaps? Well, I don't know. He hit the crossbar uh, the game before that with, like, just a, a cannon. Mm-hmm. So it, it could be more mental than any actual effect that the, the wrist has at this point. Last thing, Mark, about them, going back to your point about Deming, and I agree, let's not christen one guy after one decent game, but he's 6'3", 208, and I know one complaint that you've had about Casey DeSmith is his size. At least Deming takes up a lot of net, and if you're going to be somewhat limited in skill, take the looks away, right? Well, 6'3", 208 is quite a bit different than 5'3", 108, <laughs> which is what DeSmith looks like at a glance. A lot of it's perception. A lot of it's what you make the shooter think. A lot of it's not giving him net to see. But, but I again, I can't christen Deming after one game. I thought he played very, very well, though. Finally, Mark, I saw that David Coverdale sold his uh, album collection, his rights to it. Were you the buyer? I, I did not know that. Did, you mean his the rights to his music? Yeah, like what like Springsteen did. You know, he sold it. I think to a, a place called Roundhouse, maybe something like that. Some sort of. Uh... You, know, you know, I wonder what David got for that because Here I Go Again has been used a ton in commercials and movies all the time, 
All so the that, time. So that is a pretty valuable commodity David sold. Yeah, and I didn't see a number on it. I know that Springsteen was the highest grossing uh, music artist of the past year just for selling his collection. Now, obviously, there's more yeah, to it. Yeah, but Tim David's songs are good. <laughs> Here I go again, like... Um, was in so many movies, most notably Old School, you'll recall. Yes, exactly. That's the one I was thinking of when I was saying that, right, yeah. At the, at the very end, yeah, and it's been in commercials, and it just it just has a life of its own. Uh, he, he, he's, they, they've used Still of the Night for movies and commercials a few times, too, but, uh, but I mean, Tim, you, you never know what a, a director or the guy who, you know, does the soundtrack's going to decide on. There's a real good movie from a couple years ago called The Way, Way Back. Did you see it, Sam Rockwell? No, I didn't. Um, uh, Steve Carell playing a villainous stepdad, a coming-of-age thing. And I, when the first time I saw that movie, I was shocked to see the UFO song Young Blood in it, which is, which is from you know, the non-Michael Schenker era, you know, after their, their mercurial lead guitarist had moved on. So you never know. Um, God, if you said this guy's name, Brian Copelman. Okay. Who's a Hollywood guy, right? Remember that poker series on, on ESPN, Tilt, with Michael Madsen? Yes, I do, yes. Uh, the Black Crow song, Remedy, was the uh, theme for that. And when I had Copelman on the show, you know, he's a fellow UFO fan, which he actually did research and he knew I was a fan. He said it was down to uh, the Black Crows or UFO Change Chains, which would have actually made... Uh, UFO and Phil Mogg, uh, the, the writers, Pete Way, a ton of money. You know, so, so again, you're not talking nickels and dimes here. You're talking, you know, millions with a sale like that. And I hope David got what it's worth. And I hope, Mark, that you win just as much in Vegas this weekend and you win most of it on the Penguins tonight against the Golden Knights. Tim, I'm, I'm so, like, I've been here since yesterday afternoon. I just beat the snow out by a fraction. And uh, I, I uh, the I, I watched the Steeler game at uh, the Resorts World Sportsbook. I actually, how about this for a dumbass bet? I bet 100 bucks on the Steelers to cover Ugh. in the second half. I thought the Chiefs would let up. That bet was gone in a possession or two. And then I went to dinner at the Golden Steer, the, the steakhouse frequented back in the day by the Rat Pack, Sinatra Company, with Josh Owey, Phil Bork, and Disco Inferno from WCW. So, <laughs> I mean, my God. How could you beat that crew? That is a motley crew. Uh, you will be listening to the Mad Monday podcast here this afternoon. We adjusted times for Mark's trip out to Vegas, but uh, make sure you check out Mad and Ben's Unfiltered if you missed that live as well. As we pick apart the Steelers' season, uh, we pick the meat off the bone, so to speak, as the Steelers go down to defeat to Kansas City in the playoffs. This has been brought to you by Bet Rivers, the Mad Monday podcast. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.